0: This is the news from the Lord. Hello, America. This is Jeffrey Lord with another edition of the Did He Really Just Say That? The Word of the Lord we have a special guest today. That would be our old friend Rose Tennant, the longtime star of Western Pennsylvania Radio with Quinn and Rose, Quinn being her then partner, Jim Quinn. And as with all in life, she has moved on to the 21st century and podcast land and now hosts Rose Unplugged. And she has a big event upcoming this weekend, which we will talk about in a minute. But first, by now, you've all heard me talk about MyPillow, and now our friend Mike Lindell has done it again by introducing his new MySlippers. Mike has taken over two years to develop the slippers. They're designed to wear indoors and outdoors all day long, and I do. They're made with my pillow foam and impact gel to help prevent, prevent fatigue, and they're made with quality leather suede. For a limited time, Mike is offering forty percent off his new My Slippers. The My Slippers are so comfortable that you will want to get some for the whole family. So go to mypillow.com and click on the Radio Listeners Square and use promo code Jeff. You will also get deep discounts on all My Pillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, which are fabulous, the My Pillow mattress topper, and My Pillow towel sets. Or call 800 606 1043 and use promo code Jeff. Now, to borrow from the old Tonight Show, here's Rose. <laughs> Hi, Hello, George. Rose Tennant. Hi, sweetie. How are, How are you?
1: I love when you say my old friend. I'm like, do we mean old in age or. Eternity. Okay, eternity. Okay, because we. Okay, (laughs) because I don't age. Just so you know. I I, I think we knew each other before we came out of the womb. I don't know. know. There you go. Well, you know what? And it's been such a joy to get to know you. And um, we just uh, we have so much fun everywhere we go. And uh, there's been a lot of exciting things that we've been involved in too.
0: That is right. So Rose, this Saturday night there is something. Big going on in Roseland. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, it's the deplorable. I have one every year. It started the very first year that Trump was inaugurated. And you remember that we were all called deplorables by Hillary Clinton, anyone that supported Donald Trump. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to play with that word deplorable. I get I mean, I fill out the the venue every year. I mean, I I sell it out. Right. You've been there a couple of times. Yes. And it's just a lot of fun, and we just we just come together a lot of people that are like minded, and and they, I think they look forward to it because they are with at least three hundred people that are like minded, you know, and uh, it's always a good time, and you'll be speaking this time, along with who? Linda, our everybody wants to meet Linda, you know, everybody. Exactly. Goes, I want to meet that Linda because she's a hoot. She really is. From Linda Canada. being the famous Linda McLaughlin
0: of Sean Hannity Radio fame. Yeah, they don't care that you and I are going to be there this year. They just want to see Linda. That's right. Linda. Is Linda going to be there? Is Linda going to be there? <laughs> well, this will be uh, this will be good. And and uh, Lord knows, as it were, there's uh, yeah. nothing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so let's start, Rose. Uh, this past weekend, you and I had the privilege, uh, along with our friend John Gizzy from Newsmax, uh, of moderating... Uh, the US Senate debate at the Pennsylvania Leadership Conference. Um let let us know your thoughts on on what you saw and transpired. All the all the candidates save Dave McCormick showed up. Right. Um w- what did you think?
1: Well, I was disappointed that Dave McCormick didn't show up. I really felt like that was the place to be that we all needed to hear from him. I look, we had almost just short of a thousand people. At um, the an entire event in Harrisburg, I was really impressed with all of the candidates. I'll be honest with you, I was. Um, I think that uh, many of them stood out in my mind. Uh, I am I allowed to say who I like? Sure, okay. go right I ahead. Like them all, I really do. Um, I there's something about um, Dr. Oz that has, I think, an appeal for people all over. I think that he can get that crossover vote. I think that in the right. general election, he could certainly win it. And, but at first I thought, you know, but does he really have a good handle on the policies and um, what he would do, what he needs, to, what needs to be done? And I really feel that he does. I was at a energy summit with uh, the Honorable Rick Perry, um, Harold Hamm, the father of fracking, and also the owner of um, EQT, which is an energy, a huge energy guy out here on this side of the state. And um, when they were talking about Dr. Oz and Oz was there and they talked about energy and how important it is because Jeffrey, we are living on a gold mine. Yes, we are. And, 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 and they made it so exciting. The idea that we could actually not only prevent something like this, what's happening right now, being dependent upon Russia, of all places, um, for uh, much of our energy, when we could, in fact, produce not only our own, but we can produce for other countries so that they are no longer dependent on places like Russia. So it was a very exciting um, event. But in the end, the Honorable Rick Perry said, you know, This guy here is like Trump. And he was talking about Dr. Oz. He said he is a quick study. And he really is. I mean, you you talk to him about different issues. He's a smart guy, Jeffrey.
0: So he he, is. Well, I should should note for the record that about a year ago, my friend Jeff Bardos called and and asked me. And so I signed on with him. And I've told this to Dr. Oz. And I've told all of the Senate candidates uh, that I've talked to about this, that whichever one of them wins, I'm there because this is way too important to uh, sulk if your candidate loses.
1: You know what? I know it is too important. And here's the thing that concerns me. Jeff Bartos, by the way, is a great guy. Here's what concerns me. There's so much vitriol right now and the negativity that you wonder, how are we going to come together for a kumbaya moment, you know, after the primary with everything that's been going on? I really don't like to see that. You don't see as much um, on the other side. The Democrats don't do or go as far as we do with the vitriol. They really don't.
0: Well, I, I don't like it either, but I think it is uh, inevitably what happens in this kind of situation. And I, I, will, I will say this, Rose, and, and you will remember exactly what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Back there in the ancient times of 1976, <laughs> Congressman John Hines ran in the Republican Senate primary against uh, former Philadelphia District Attorney Arlen Specter. Wow. Was that ever brutal? The issue of the moment, one of them at least, was a Gulf Oil, of all places, was involved in some sort of scandal, and it turned out that they had given, I think, $5,000 or something to John Hines. Well, old Arlen, <laughs> prosecutor that he always was, jumped on it and tried to convince people that John Hines <laughs> was on the take from Gulf Oil. Oh, my God. Bad. Oh, it was really? brutal. And of course, because John Hines was worth somewhere in the neighborhood of six hundred million dollars due to that uh, little red bottle of ketchup. <laughs> yes. Nobody, nobody believed it. And and John went on to win the primary. Everybody came together. There was a kumbaya. And John was elected senator. And interestingly, four years later, um, he was helpful to Arlen Specter in his race, another race for the Senate, and Arlen won and interestingly turned out to be the longest serving senator in all of Pennsylvania history which i find amazing he served yes. five six year terms wow uh it was incredible and and our old friend john alas lost his life in a plane crash when i think he was 52 you know very very sad but my my point is that this kind of bitterness can be overcome and in, and in this case it needs to it must be overcome because at the end of the day whoever wins this has got to be seated in that United States Senate Indeed. come January of next year we need to have a senate majority we need to get this country back on track
1: you know and you're absolutely right about that this election is ours to win too i always believe that having traveled the state um for trump victory um during the last campaign, I talked to people, I talked to small business owners, Democrats across the state, the Amish. There were so many people that um, didn't want to vote or for a Republican ever and decided they were voting Republican because of everything that we've gone through in this state, particularly under Wolf. And so I think there was a this wave of just discussed with the Democratic Party. They wanted to move on. They wanted to see some change, some positive change. And they believed that the Republicans couldn't give them that. I think after having come through everything we did in this state, um, so many businesses were devastated. Many are struggling to even stay o- open right now. And of course, now we're hit with inflation. But I think that we are we are just ripe. We are ready for Republican leadership. So it has to be the right person though because we've got to I mean in the end I always look at things Jeffrey in terms of how do we win the general election? And somebody right. might not, you know, check off all the boxes for you, but you we have got to win this general election. There's no two ways about it. And you know, I remember and you probably experienced this too. I actually came out for Trump before the primaries. And I had I'm an evangelical Christian, so I had evangelicals approach me and say, how dare you not vote for Ted Cruz? He's the only evangelical Christian on there. How dare you not vote for um, uh, just a true blue Republican, Mitt Romney? How dare you not vote conservative? And I was attacked from so many different directions because I believed, here's the thing, I believed that Donald Trump could win the general election. Right. Right. And a part of it is the celebrity factor. Everybody knew who Donald Trump was. And there were a lot of people that just really were fascinated by him, liked him on some level. um, And they voted for him because of his name, because he was Donald Trump. I really believe after having seen what I did um, when I've been around uh, someone like, say, Dr. Oz, where I see people who I know are Democrats, still want their picture taken with him. They say they went like this. I saw women go, I love you. And they're Democrats. So I think that when we go into this, we can't be emotional. It can't be sensational. We have to go into this thinking, who is going to win the general election? And, you know, I took a lot of knots because I believed Donald Trump could do it in
0: 2016. Well, I will will say this, having worked for an actor named Ronald Reagan. Yes, um, right? if If there's one thing I learned, it is that in our modern day world of media, uh, somebody who is in that world to begin with and is a household name um, has a, a, an instant advantage over other competitors. And one of the things that I said to Dr. Oz when I first met him um, a, a couple months ago was that one of the things Ronald Reagan had to overcome when he first ran for governor of California back there in 1966. Was that everybody thought of him as an actor, of course, because that's what he was, and he had to convince people that he really was a serious candidate for Governor of California and could really do the job and and he did do it he was and i told I think I told Dr. Oz this story <laughs> that that uh Ronald Reagan got an assist from his opponent, who was then incumbent Democratic Governor Pat Brown, the father of later Governor Jerry Brown. And Pat Brown, who was a lifelong Democrat, he was two term attorney general of California, two term governor at that point. He ran a he ran a television commercial looking the camera in the eye and said, Ronald Reagan is an actor pause. <laughs> Beat and you know who shot Lincoln, don't you?
1: <laughs> oh my God. Seriously. <laughs>
0: Seriously. Well, to say that that backfired
1: oh would, my be, God. would be
0: an understatement. And Ronald Reagan wound up winning that election in a million vote landslide. And, you know, he was on and off to the races after that. I love it. But, I love your stories, Jeffrey. But think about <laughs> it
1: Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump, and even like a Dr. Oz, first of all, They are not politicians. And there's something appealing about that. They are not politicians. And I truly believe that Ronald Reagan loved this country and wanted to make a difference. And I truly believe that Donald Trump loves this country and wanted to make a difference. And I think... I, true, I truly believe so far from what I've seen and heard that Oz feels the same. So it's not, a, I, I don't like the negative ads because I, I, I think he needs to get out there and say, let me tell you who I am. That's, I, I wrote him the other day and said, you need to do a commercial like that. Let me tell you who I am. Because when you really listen, to what he has to say you can feel that commitment to this country that love for this country that he has as the son of an immigrant I, there i just think that those three have a lot in common they really do and i think there is a certain appeal um uh to not being a
0: um a- his his task his task is what the reagan task was is to separate the celebrity so that people can picture dr oz in this case as senator oz and and that's always a you know that's always a a task but uh you know at this point rose i, I candidly think anything can happen here i mean yes. we're now in april and uh, you know even though i've seen a couple polls that have uh, dave mccormick in the lead i i frankly don't believe the polls at this point i just think it's way too i mean it's getting later it's it's april the primary is next month but you know rose one of the mistakes that i think people often make in political people is they think everybody out there in this case in pennsylvania is like us and that's not so everybody out there other than us is paying attention to their own life right yes. they got kids to raise they got yes. a job to do they're they're doing that kind of stuff they're not you know picking up the you know going on to read the latest polls every day they're not uh, looking at all the television commercials. I mean, they're just not. They're not. When we get really close, you know, within, like, let's say, a couple weeks out uh, or, or, or even closer, then, the, you know, the, the dawning will sort of start and they'll start to focus and try and sort it out. But that kind of thing happens all of the time for obvious reasons. I mean, people have a life and, you know, that life is not spent doing the geeky things that you and I like to do. Yeah, uh, I know. we are geeks. Yeah. So, um, so we will see. One of the things, Rose, uh, that I thought we'd talk about uh, in the straw poll at uh, the Pennsylvania Leadership Conference, it, it, when it got to issues, it really struck me. 61%. Of the people there said the most important issue was election integrity, and and going well far back in the pack after that was drilling drilling in Pennsylvania was you know the state budget uh, you know all sorts of things they, they were like in single digit or low two digit numbers and and here was sixty one percent of the attendees saying election integrity was most important and then in a, in another. Uh, look, eighty. I think it was eighty-six percent said that they felt that the very first job of the legislator, legislature, and Republicans in the state legislature was election integrity and fixing the system. And just for our our listeners, uh, so they know we have. I mean, forget twenty twenty for a moment and all the controversy about that. Pennsylvania has an absolutely abysmal history when it comes to running honest elections. And I'll just run through a few quick examples. In 2020, a gentleman named Dominic DeMuro, who was a Philadelphia Democratic election judge, was indicted and convicted. And what what did Mr. DeMuro do? For pay, mind you, I think it was about 5,000 bucks, something like that. He would stand next to the voting machines in his precinct. And when people weren't looking, go ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching for (laughs) a designated candidate. And he was indicted and convicted for this. And he did that in 2016, 2015, and 2014 elections. Then in July, the guy who paid him was indicted. And that would be, some people may remember this name, former Democratic congressman, Michael Ozzie Myers. And uh, <laughs> Ozzie Myers had gone to the federal prison, the slammer for getting caught up in the Abscam scandal in the, whenever that was the seventies or eighties and the abscam scandal, for those who may not remember it involved FBI, <laughs> FBI agents dressing up as Arab sheiks and offering money to various members of oh Congress to do God. A, B or C and good old Ozzy was on tape saying um, money, money talks and B.S., you can figure out the B.S., yeah. walks. <laughs> <laughs> and he took the cash and was indicted, convicted, and went to the slammer for three years. He has emerged to turn himself into a political consultant. But clearly things haven't changed because he paid Mr. Demiro, and so they both got caught. <laughs> so – uh, before that, in 2012, the Philadelphia Inquirer ran a, a big story after the Obama-Romney election, that <laughs> in 58 voting divisions in Philadelphia, Mitt Romney got exactly zero votes. <laughs> really? Now, I know, and you know, that Philadelphia is, uh, yeah, a Democratic city, yes. But no votes. Sorry, statistically impossible. <laughs> then in 2008, I covered a press conference at the state capitol with retired Supreme Court Justice, I think it was Sandra Newman, uh, Dauphin County District Attorney, that's Harrisburg, uh, Ed Marsico, and then Republican chair, uh, state chair Rob Gleason. And they had all this evidence. If you remember the name, Acorn. You oh all, yes. all of those right Whoa. they've gone out of existence here. Yes. Uh but uh they were uh, registering voters, and I put registering in quotes. And so these three people at their press conference produced chapter and verse, uh page after page after page. I, I wrote an article for the American Spectator at the time called Stealing Pennsylvania. And it was all about how they had, uh, among other things, uh, registered, quote, unquote, 57,000 some odd people uh, for which they had supplied <coughs> the signatures <laughs> <laughs> and, and addresses. And what was, what was hilarious was that with 21st century technology, uh, these guys uh, at the press conference had arranged for satellite photographs of the addresses that were registered and they were in Philadelphia, and they were, yes, vacant lots.
1: <laughs> really? Yes, oh, yes. Hey, that's like too much work for me, okay? If I'm to involve myself in fraud, that's just like a lot of work. It's
0: unbelievable. And then one more I'll, uh, example I'll give you, and you've met Bruce Marks. Mm-hmm. Bruce is a f- former, he's a lawyer in Philadelphia. He's a former, uh, he was a former aide to Senator Spector. And he was the, he, Bruce, was the Republican nominee for the state Senate for a vacant seat in 1994. And he lost, I put this in quotes, to uh, a guy named William Stinson. And Bruce, no dummy, was able to get his hands on all the ballots. And it turned out that there was unbelievable, he took it to federal court. And the federal judge went through them himself. And issued an opinion in which he said there was, his words, massive fraud in this election. Really? He was so incensed, the judge, and Stinson had already been seated by Democrats in Harrisburg, the judge overturned the election, yanked Stinson out of that seat, and put Bruce in it. <laughs> <laughs> and and there's one more that just amused me, uh, and this, this long predates all of us. Um uh, <laughs> I think it was either 1828 or 1838. This one caught my eye. Uh, The incumbent governor of Pennsylvania lost his reelection bid. And instead of uh, leaving, he surrounded the state capitol. With the uh, then equivalent of the Pennsylvania National Guard. <laughs> oh, you, are you serious? And, re- and refused to yield office, and the state legislature finally came back in and made short work of him and booted him out <laughs> and defeated the winner of the election. All of which is to say, this is this is bad stuff. Yes. And we have uh, whoever our nominees are for senator and governor they're going to face an electoral process that a lot of people feel is, shall we say troubled. And and that's before you even get to the 2024 elections. So I can see why election integrity ranked really high in the, in the estimation of all these, all these folks. Do you have any thought on any of this or how we should deal with it? I, I really felt
1: I honestly, Jeffrey, my opinion is we haven't done enough in, uh, in the time that we've had already, I, I know we talk about auditing the vote and so forth, and we do discover, you know, where some of the problems were. But I feel like there's more that we should have done and more that we could do, particularly going. I hope it's not too late going into the midterms, but certainly before the next presidential election. I just feel like there's so much more work to be
0: done. Well, I agree, and I think this is in the hands of our our state legislators, right. and of course, the roadblock to this has been. Governor Wolf. Exactly.
1: We've got to get through this election. We've got to uh, get through.
0: and through I, I don't know who's going to win the gubernatorial election. As you know, I've supported my friend Charlie Giroux. But again, just like the Senate race, whichever candidate emerges, we've got to make sure that person becomes the next governor of Pennsylvania because uh, too much damage has been done to Pennsylvania. And, and well beyond election integrity, um, I went uh, in... I guess it was about a year ago, uh, at this time of year, there was a uh, rally on the state capitol steps that protested the lockdown. Uh, And all these small business owners were out there. And boy, were they livid with Governor Wolf. I mean, you know, we've been around the block. And I I had just never heard that many people be that angry with a sitting governor than they were with Governor Wolf. And I think this is going to carry over, apparently, uh, I mean, it seems to me, I think that that Josh Shapiro, the Pennsylvania Attorney General, will be the Democratic nominee. But I'm not sure that he can uh, overcome this anger here. And I think that whoever our nominee turns out to be, they've got to go home with that issue, take that home, because uh, we're we're never going to get election integrity reform if we've got uh, a Democratic governor sitting there, uh, vetoing things from a Republican legislature—it's just not okay. going to work. Agreed. 100%. So, uh, any other issues out there that you would think? Uh, no, everyone
1: better be serious about getting out and
0: voting in this primary. We've
1: just got to be that serious, and and I would encourage you too to put some emotion aside and think strategically. I think this is really very important going forward. We we just need to win the general elections, and I think we can. I think it's him with the right candidates. yeah.
0: I think you're right. Well, Rose, sorry to say, but uh, we have to fade away at this point. Uh, I am excited to be at the Deplore Ball on Saturday. I will see you then. I'm looking forward to it. And to all of my friends out there, for the word of the Lord, this is Jeffrey Lord. Stop by my website, thejeffreylord.com, to catch up on the news and views. Thanks for coming, and see you next time.